This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello and welcome into another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here with you, and I believe for the first time, which is uh, my mistake, I would say, joining me is KSTP Eyewitness News, Darren Wolfson from the Sports Department and one of the most uh, dialed-in people I know in the local sports scene. Doogie, how are you? I'm doing just fine, Matthew. Happy Fat Tuesday. Desperate times, desperate measures. I mean, heck. It's not necessarily the dog days of the off season. I mean, heck, things are ramping up here in a couple of weeks with the combine. You must be really desperate to have me on the Purple Podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'm not because the off season, the football season, never ends with the Minnesota Vikings. If you look at our click numbers on 1500ESPN.com and the download numbers for the Purple Podcast. Uh, I think that uh, Vikings fans are still as, as dialed in as ever, which we've got a lot to talk about with this offseason, Doogie. And, and I want to get what you've heard on the quarterback situation in a minute, but I'm hoping that you can explain to me the situation with the Vikings quarterback coach, Kevin Stefanski. Now, a lot of us assumed when John Filippo was hired as the offensive coordinator that that would mean Kevin Stefanski would skedaddle onto New York and he would join Pat Shermer where he would be an offensive coordinator and that would be a much deserved reward for tons of hard work for Kevin Stefanski who's worked his way up to the quarterback coach position but instead ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that Stefanski isn't going anywhere that the Vikings are not going to let him uh, interview for that position and now today the Giants have hired someone else so can you explain why Kevin Stefanski is not being allowed to go to the New York Giants? Well, he wanted to skedaddle to New York, Matthew. I can tell you that. He had all sorts of interest in being Pat Shermer's offensive coordinator. Even if he wasn't going to call the plays, you know, it's been established that Pat will call the plays with the uh, with the Giants. He's under contract. He signed a multi-year deal going back over a year. So he signed a contract that had him under contract for 2017 and 2018. So the Vikings have him under contract for another season. It was well within their right to say, sorry, Kevin. Now, I can tell you those close to Kevin are not real happy. I can tell you Kevin isn't real happy. Now, Kevin is level-headed enough, Massey, where he'll be okay. In fact, I was texting with somebody close to Kevin earlier today, and he told me at this point Kevin has moved on. 
you know, so he'll be okay. He's not going to create some sort of crap show, you know, bleep show behind the scenes. I mean, Kevin is a professional. He'll handle the situation professionally. But he got screwed. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he got screwed because once he was passed over for the OC job here, why would you block him? I mean, now it happens in conventional businesses all the time. Trust me. You know, and they may take care of Kevin somewhere along the way, too. Now, I have no inclination as we sit here and talk on on Fat Tuesday, February 13th, I have no inclination whatsoever that the Vikings will redo Stefanski's contract, give him a new title. In fact, I don't think any of those things will happen. You know, if they wanted to give him a raise, they'd probably have to rip up the current contract, have him sign a new deal, you know, and presumably they would have him sign a two-year deal. Well, you know, if you're him, do you want to sign a two-year deal? I wouldn't want to sign a two-year deal that has me under contract through 2019, you know. So he wanted to go, but he'll be okay. You know, he will, you know. And I admit, too, I mean, I went on, whether it was Andy Carlson's podcast, any number of podcasts, even on Mackie and Judd's show, where I said I thought Stefanski would get the job. Mm-hmm. You know, I fully admitted, hey, there's probably a reason why they're waiting on Filippo, You know, but I thought just based on what I've heard, you know, the internal love for Stefanski that they would make the promotion there, that they would give Kevin the chance to, to call plays. Now, I was wrong on that one, you know, but it's clear with them blocking, you know, him going to New York. And I promise you, 100% Pat Shermer didn't want to hire Mike Shula to be his offensive coordinator. He wanted Kevin Stefanski as his offensive coordinator. You know, so I can tell you that, but he'll be okay he will you know so i mean it's clear that there's internal love for him you know that's why they blocked his ability to go to new york they like him and you know they figure that him and and d filippo can can work in tandem but i'm just telling you my opinion my personal opinion is he got screwed out of this deal well i think everybody looks at it that way when a guy has a chance to be an offensive coordinator that the team should let him go be that offensive coordinator even if it means losing a good assistant because everybody uh, who gets to the very top had to move up somehow along the way now doogie how should we look into this because uh one part of me thinks well maybe they're expecting john d filippo to only be an offensive coordinator for a brief time and they want kevin stefanski to take over after that or maybe there's the thought that kevin stefanski has a lot of experience working with the quarterbacks that they had from last year working with teddy bridgewater working with case keenum and i guess sam bradford belongs in the conversation too but he didn't work as much with him since uh, bradford was hurt for a lot of the season but the two quarterbacks that they had here last year worked a lot with kevin stefanski and my understanding is that he is really well liked by the team uh, could that mean anything for next year that they wanted him around to continue working with potentially either teddy bridgewater case keenum or both i think it could be a combination of the two i mean Heck, Filippo got two head coaching opportunity, you know, interviews, right? So he's got a star that's that's shining bright. I mean, it's it's entirely possible that one year from now we're talking about John Filippo as the head coach of, you know, you name the franchise. I mean, inevitably there will be four, five, six, seven openings. There just are every single year. So presumably, because he interviewed for two jobs this off season, he'll have a chance to be a head coach a year from now. So the Vikings will be in the same situation looking for an offensive coordinator. That's where Stefanski could get promoted a year from now. Now, he would have to sign a new contract. But as far as I can tell, there were no other teams interested outside of the Giants in making Stefanski an offensive coordinator this offseason. You know, so I don't know what his, what his opportunities would be a year from now. So if he's got a chance to be the play caller here, you know, time pretty much heals all wounds. I think a year from now, you know, especially if the Vikings have, 
you know, some level of success or lots of success. I can see Kevin Stefanski saying, okay, John Filippo, head coach somewhere, you know, I'll elevate to offensive coordinator here in Minnesota. I know his wife, his kids like it here. So I wouldn't dismiss that possibility. On the two quarterbacks, you know, specifically Keenum and Teddy, and you're right on Sam. So specifically on those two, yeah. I mean, I've said for the longest time, Matthew, with all the Cousins talk, you know, even some Nick Foles talk, you know, I mean, it's, it's great podcast fodder, don't get me wrong. But if I had to bet right now, I think Teddy's back. Now the question is, do they attempt to toll the contract? You know, how does that situation play out? I don't have those answers. But if I had to bet right now, I see Teddy Bridgewater back in 2018, and I do think Case Keenum is here. You know, and I think those two battle it out. You know, maybe it's Case initially, you know, and you see if Case's 2017 was, was a mirage or if there's something there, and you go from there, you know. And I'm sure they'd love to have a long-term solution, but – I don't think you need to necessarily find that long-term solution this offseason, unless you're a firm believer in Kirk Cousins. And I know you've laid out a compelling case that you could actually give Kirk Cousins a ridiculous contract while also keeping Stephon Diggs, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, Daniel Hunter. I mean, that's the idea. They want to keep those four guys. They will extend those four guys. It's a matter of when, not if. You know, but I know you've laid out the case that they could they could sign Cousins and still keep those four guys. But I would still be surprised. I don't think they go all in on Kirk Cousins. I still think Cousins ends up with the Broncos. And I think Keenum's back here. I know the Broncos went after Keenum a year ago. So, you know, maybe they kick the tires a little bit, especially if the Vikings don't use the franchise tag on them. But I'm just telling you, if I had to bet, you know, and I think I would have made that bet, Matthew, even if Stefanski wasn't back. Mm-hmm. Let's say they brought in Todd Downing. I can tell you Todd Downing had conversations with John Filippo. You know, and John, you know, I had heard at one point that John was interested in bringing in his own quarterbacks coach. You know, but the opportunity to call plays here just trumps all. You know, and he still might have an opportunity to bring in, whether it's Todd or somebody else as a quality control guy. You know, but let's say they brought in Todd Downing as the quarterbacks coach or somebody else. I still would tell you that I would bet on Teddy Bridgewater in case Keenum being back, just because I don't see them going all in on Keenum, and I don't see them giving up a high draft pick for Nick Foles. You know, so I think those two guys are back, and those two guys battle outcome come training camp in Egan, you know, late July into the preseason in August, and, and we won't know who the starting quarterback is until, you know, mid to late August. So, Doogie, Judd and I have talked a lot on the Purple Podcast just about why the Vikings organization loves Teddy Bridgewater so much. Uh, I, the way I see it and have laid it out in, in different articles and looked at the film and all that, uh, they love his character's makeup. The, they think that he's a winner. And they also see that he has some of the things that John D. Filippo described in his opening conference call that he likes for a quarterback, which is anticipation and accuracy, which I think those things are at a higher level than a lot of the quarterbacks you could get, whether it was uh, just bringing back Case Keenum uh, or if you were going to try to get someone like Ryan Tannehill or even Kirk Cousins. I think that Bridgewater is a more accurate quarterback than even Kirk Cousins. Is that what you hear when you talk with people with the Vikings, why they love Teddy Bridgewater so much? Yeah, I mean, it's that. It's you know his lovable personality. It's the guys in the locker room gravitating toward him. I mean, best of luck. I mean, I'm telling you, whether it's on the record or on background, best of luck trying to find anybody at Winter Park to say anything negative about Teddy. You know, he just he has this infectious personality. You know, but then, yeah, on the field, it's all that. You know, I mean, it's still a lot of the same people that were there in 2015 when the Vikings went 11-5, and you know, won the division championship, should have won at least one playoff game if Blair Walsh doesn't miss the field goal. You know, Teddy had a lot to do with that season's success. It's not like the skill position guys around him were, were great. I mean, 
you know, Jarius Wright. I mean, Adam Thielen wasn't Adam Thielen. You know, I mean, I don't remember all the guys they had that year. I mean, certainly Kyle Rudolph had some sort of impact. But the point is, you know, you have Teddy with with now a really good Adam Thielen, you know, Stephon Diggs and, and all the other weapons. I mean, you know, there's a thought, hey, if he did what he did in 2015 with limited, you know, skill around him, you know, what can he do with a better offensive line? What can he do with better skill position players? But, yeah, I mean, on the field, it's it's all that stuff, accuracy, decision-making. You know, all that stuff, Matthew. I mean, you know, you break it down as as well as anybody. It's all that stuff that you just laid out. But I can just tell you, the love for him is real. You know, I mean, Mike Zimmer thinks the world of him, the front office, George Payton. You know, I'm sure Rick Spielman still has some love for Sam Bradford after giving up the first-round pick. But even Rick and others, I'm just telling you, I mean, the love for the love for Teddy is real. I'm just more curious. I mean, I do see Teddy here, so I'm more curious, you know, do they go the tolling route or do they make him an unrestricted free agent? You know, then re-sign him that way. You know, and if they go the tolling route, you know, does that impact the relationship? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that will yep. be a battle, right? You know, so how does that play out? Because I'm just telling you, I don't know about you, but I've yet to have anybody dismiss the idea of of the tolling angle to me. You know, and I would think if if they had every intention of making him an unrestricted free agent, I think somebody would have put that out there. That would have been leaked to somebody. You know, so I, there's just there's a part of me thinking the Vikings are going to go ahead and 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 try to fight that fight and and have him back next year under you know under two million dollars you know to to toll the contract you know so I do wonder you know what sort of fallout there could be from from that possibility but I'm just telling you I mean it's the love is real you know it absolutely is and I would even dismiss the idea of of him winning the job you know if you have Keenum back I mean it could be I guess comparable to to Chicago with you know, Glennon getting all that money, and I guess, you know, inevitably they had to go to Mitch Trubisky when, when you use such a high draft pick on him. But but sort of the same idea where, you know, Teddy might be the starter at some point, you know, making $1.7 million, and you've got Case Keenum as the $23 million backup. But at least you're not committed long-term to Keenum in that scenario. Well, so an interesting idea came to me from someone on Twitter that I hadn't really considered, which would be the Matt Castle move the Patriots made years ago when they franchise-tagged Matt Castle and then traded him away. Now, my understanding is that they would then lose any uh, compensation, like a compensatory draft pick, um, that they they would get if they let him go. But the price-to-play poker for trading for quarterbacks is pretty high if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, who had only had a handful of starts and it was a second round pick, or Alex Smith, a third round pick and a pretty solid player uh, from Washington. If you're trading Case Keenum, you could probably do better than a third round pick and get a guy for this year instead of having to wait through 2019. Would it make sense to tr- to franchise tag him and then trade him, or even franchise tag him, see what happens in training camp, and if he doesn't win the job, then trade him to whatever team's quarterback got hurt, because every year somebody's quarterback goes down. And who's your number two then? I still think you need two quarterbacks. I do. You know, so is Kyle Sloter your number two? Yeah. I mean, could yeah. you franchise him? Have a sense? I mean, we know there's all sorts of tampering that takes place, especially, you know, when, when the combine rolls around and you've got, you know, every team right there in Indianapolis. I mean, you know, these conversations are had well before the start of the, uh, you know, the NFL year, whenever that is. What is it, March 14th? Is it is it one month from now when, yeah. when you can technically start signing free agents? I guess with the franchise tag, you can start using that, what, February is the 20th, 20th until March 6th, something like that. Correct. I mean, 
what I'm saying though is, I mean, you could have a sense though if there's a trade market for Case, you know, and if there is, you know, you would think about doing that, and then you could sign a guy like, you know, Josh McCown or somebody of that ilk, just so you have some other guy in here. You know, I just I, I think it would be risky to have Teddy and Kyle Slaughter and not Case Keenum or, or some other veteran. You still got me, by the way, Matthew. I was clicking in there. Yep. Nope. I still got you. Um, okay. Perfect. I just want to make sure we're we're still connected. You know. So to me, that's that's a risky proposition. It really is. And I also wonder. I mean, if Denver makes sense for Cousins, I mean, would the Jets give up a good pick for Case Keenum? Would the Browns give up a good pick for Case Keenum? I mean, not to dismiss that that you could get something for him. And you're right. I mean, Alex Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo, any number of other examples. You know, but but I'm struggling to come up with a team if if Cousins end up in Denver that would give up a good draft pick. Now, if you could get a good draft pick, yeah, who cares about the compensatory pick? Take the good draft pick. But I'm just telling you, I'm struggling to come up with a team that would give up a good draft pick for Keenum. Yeah, Arizona was on my mind here because they do not have a quarterback, and somebody yeah. somebody's losing out on Cousins, and whoever loses out on Cousins, I would well, look at as the key. Right? I mean, go yeah. Sam Bradford yeah. and bring in. Bring in, you know, whether it's McCown or some other, you know, veteran, so you've got some protection in case Sam's knee, you know, goes goes haywire again. But, but I, I just think there's there's some options there. So if you're Arizona, you know, wouldn't you be better off going the free agent route as opposed to giving up, you know, whether it's a third round pick or a pretty good draft pick for Keenum? I mean, I'm not saying there's no chance. I'm just saying I'm struggling to come up with a team that would give up a good draft pick for Case. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. I think that when we get down to it, uh, the teams get pretty desperate. And if you're not trading up for someone in the draft and giving up all your draft picks to take whoever it might be, Baker Mayfield or you know whoever, um, then you start looking around, especially if you're a team that feels like it has a good roster. And, and those two teams, Denver and Arizona, have good rosters and could win next year with the right quarterback. But if they get left out of that party, then they're probably not going to end up uh, having a good season, just like Arizona last year. I mean, they end up having to turn to Blaine Gabbard at one point, and it was disastrous, as you might expect. And I think the other point, though, is, you know, the Vikings want the leverage, right? I mean, that's why you would use the franchise tag or, or minimum the transition tag. I mean, that's where you would have the power. You would have the leverage. Right. You know, that's why to me it doesn't make sense to let Case hit the uh, hit the unrestricted free agent market on March 14th. Yes. No, I, I agree with you that it makes sense to at least have control there, and then if you do want to deal him, you can deal him. Unless you think, and John Filippo would know, because he's worked with Josh McCown before, unless you think McCown could give you just as good a backup play uh, if he had to come in and it would be only on like a one-year, $8 million deal or something, uh, that outcome would not surprise me. But just no, it would not. Now, I don't have the answer. I mean, I'll tell you, I've reached out to a couple of people that know Filippo pretty well. And I said, who do you think he wants for his quarterback here? And I've gotten the same response, which is pretty much, you know, we don't know yet. Yeah. You know, to be determined. You know, so trust me, I've been trying to dig on, on who Filippo likes. You know, but I just, I don't have that answer quite yet. But I think it'll come, I think it'll become pretty clear by the time we get to Indianapolis, if not by the time we get to Indianapolis, you know, within a couple of days after we're we're in Indianapolis for the combine, I don't think this thing stretches out until, you know, I guess the franchise tag date would be what March sixth. Yeah, I think we'll have a sense on what they do with Case before March sixth. All right. Um, so last thing for you is just what do you think is the 
other biggest need outside of quarterback. For me, it's offensive line. If Joe Berger is retiring or even if he's not retiring, I think that ends up being the 30th overall pick. And when I go to Indianapolis, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions about those potential offensive linemen. Yeah, I mean, I would be surprised if, if Berger doesn't retire. In fact, he came incredibly close. You know, I don't think I can overstate this. I mean, he was on the cusp of retiring a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some conversations, next thing you know, you know, he's under contract in 2017. He decides to come back. But I can just tell you, like this time last year, all of the signs pointed to Joe Berger walking away. So I would be surprised if – if after he came that close to walking away, if he doesn't now walk away after after one more season. So I, I think Joe Berger is is done, which is unfortunate because he's a pretty good player. Yeah, but I don't I don't see him back. I mean they used what, eight different offensive line combinations during the season. Mm-hmm. So while the offensive line was was heck I don't think it's a stretch to say significantly better in twenty seventeen compared to twenty sixteen, I still don't think they have fully solved the offensive line. So yeah, you can you can sell me on pick 30 being, you know, Billy Price from Ohio State or, or some other offensive lineman that can step in and, and play right away. I also think they could use some depth along the defensive line. I mean, maybe it's recency bias, but, but seeing the Eagles rotate in, you know, seven different defensive linemen, having those guys mm-hmm. fresh, you know, I'd love to see another pass rusher to give Everson Griffin, you know, a blow from time to time and or Daniil Hunter, you know. I don't think that's Brian Robinson at this point in his career, you know, and, and it remains to be seen. I think Brian will come back for one more year, you know, but the fact that he's tossed out the idea that, that he's contemplating retirement, you know, is, is certainly interesting. I think they could they could use another cornerback. I mean, is it a guarantee that, that Terrence Newman can still play at a, at a relatively decent level? You know, I mean, he's on the record saying he wants to be back. You know, do they want him back? I mean, I imagine they do, uh, but I think he could use another cornerback. Uh, you know, not only a pass rusher, I think you can use another defensive tackle. I mean, I guess we don't know if, if Tom Johnson is back. We don't know if Shamar Stephan is back. You know, is Jaleel Johnson ready to step in and play, you know, significant snaps? So I think you could use another defensive tackle. And I think you could use some depth, you know, heck, whether it's, you know, another tight end. You know, you think about Filippo. you know, he likes those athletic tight ends. I mean, does it make some sense to go after Trey Burton mm-hmm. of the Eagles in free agency? You know, I, I think you could use another tight end. You know, heck, I think you could maybe even use, you know, depending on whether Michael Floyd's back, and, and I certainly thought he would have a bigger impact in 2017 than he did, but, you know, just some sort of, you know, wide receiver depth. Not somebody that's going to come in and, and take all these snaps away from, from Thielen and Diggs, but, you know, with, with Diggs' ability to, to line up in the slot, is there is there some wide receiver that can help you on the outside? You know, have, have the role that, that I thought Michael Floyd would have in 2017. You know, and then you wonder about running back. I mean, I suppose Latavius is back, and maybe Jarek McKinnon ends up with the Giants with uh, with Pat Shermer. You know, so could you use one other running back? So, I think all those things. I mean, I you know, it's a good roster, but it's a roster that still needs all sorts of help. But I just I think they could use depth at a lot of positions personally. Well, we will have no shortage of things to talk about in the draft and free agency. Doogie, appreciate your help very much. Make sure you follow. What's your Twitter handle these days? It is D Wolfson KSTP. D Wolfson KSTP. It was fun, Matthew. I suppose this was, what's the best way to put it? This was the foreplay before you and I worked together Saturday at the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show, 10 a.m. to noon. I'm filling in for Mr. Zolgad on Saturday morning sports talk. All right. Well, you had to make it a little weird before we ended it, but yes, you and well, I. Why not? I mean, I, I suppose if I was ever going to make it weird, it may as well be at the end so you can <laughs> hang up on me. Right.
<laughs> all right, Doogie, thanks a lot for your help. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the Purple Podcast. Reminder to make sure that you check out Darren's work on the Scoop podcast where he's got all sorts of things from every different sport, twins to gophers to Vikings. If you are into the sports scene at large here in the Twin Cities, you got to check out the Scoop podcast with Darren Doogie Wolfson and guests many times. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.